Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Rachel Lipman. It's been nearly eight decades since a sailor from Illinois, William Classing, was killed during the attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7, 1941. His remains were recently just identified, the end of a long process that's been done for dozens of men who died on the USS Oklahoma. This weekend, members of Classing's family from near and far are gathering in Trenton for a funeral procession and reburial in his honor. I spoke yesterday with Diane Hanft, his niece, and I started by asking Diane what she knew about her Uncle Billy growing up. Not much. My dad really didn't speak of him very often. I guess it was painful for him to talk about, so really didn't know a whole lot. Obviously, just that he had been a veteran. What were, what were the little things that you knew? Like I said, really nothing other than he was on the Oklahoma and killed during the attack at Pearl Harbor. When, how did your family first find out that the military had possibly identified your Uncle Billy? Well, we actually got confirmation that his remains were identified February of this year. But this is, it started years ago, I think it was like in 2012, that they contacted us wanting um, to obtain something with DNA on it. They asked if we possibly had a hairbrush of his or anything like that that would have DNA, and we didn't have anything like that, but what my sister remembered was that we had all the letters that he had sent back home, and because Grandma opened them with a letter opener, where he had licked the seal shut was still intact. So they asked that we send them five letters, and they were going to try to get DNA from that. Do but, you... um, go ahead. Oh, oh, no, no, go ahead. Did not mean to interrupt. No, they... Um, they said it would take quite a while, possibly a year, and it was much longer than that before they contacted us saying that it was inconclusive. And what, they sent the letters back. What was it like to get that first contact from the Department of Defense saying, we'd like to start the process of potentially identifying your uncle? Oh, my gosh, I was blown away. <laughs> oh, I hadn't even considered. You know, I know all this technology and DNA is really you know, come to hand. and But I was just astounded. And they needed to talk to my sister, who was who's older than I am, and they were getting information from her. So, um, yeah, she was in, talk, in contact with the Department of the Navy. And when they called us then in February and said they had his remains identified, um, we made an appointment, and they actually came out to the house and showed us all of the details of all the DNA testing that they had done to identify him. And what were some of those details? Because as you said, they originally thought that the DNA had been inconclusive. They couldn't positively identify that this was your uncle, Billy. What happened in that, you know, five or six years between the first contact and February of 2019? Well, their forensic genealogist did more research and found relatives that we didn't even know we had and thankfully, they were willing to submit DNA, and that is how they identified him. And we didn't know this until we met with them. And met so with it the, was amazing. Met with the Navy is when you found yeah. out that. And and what was it like to find out that you had relatives out there you didn't know you had? <laughs> well, again, uh, just amazed, um, and that they would go through all that work to you know, to find relatives and put the pieces of the puzzle together. And 
these were relatives of my grandfather's that we didn't know we had. And what was it like meeting them? Uh, take, have you talked to them in person yet? We have, the one. Um, there were two brothers that submitted DNA, the one living in Alabama, the other living in Lansing, Michigan. And they are coming to the memorial service on Saturday. And he came up about a month ago and met with him and just the nicest guy. So we're excited to be meeting other relatives that we have never met before. And and take me through kind of kind of that first um, meeting. What was your what was your mood that day? How, how did it go? What did you guys end up talking about? Did you find anything out about Billy on that day? Not so much about Billy per se, but um, just the relative that is coming from Alabama. He is very interested in genealogy and had done some work, a lot of extensive work, to which he and his brother have actually gone to Germany and seen the village where our ancestors had come from, and um, he probably knows more about my grandfather's side of the family than we do, by by large. (laughs) Has it sparked an interest in any of the rest of the family for genealogy and trying to make additional connections, find additional relatives? Well, my, my sister and I are the only ones of my dad's side of the family, so my she had my sister has one daughter and she has three boys and they are very interested so it'll be passed down that way i don't have children myself but um it's going to be a great thing we are so excited and just so thankful for the the work that our government has done in trying to get these guys identified and bringing them home we just wish my dad was still alive to um to see this happen, because it would have meant a lot to him. As I understand it, the fact that it is a small family, that I think it is just you and your sister on your father's on your father's side of the family, made right. the process of identifying your Uncle Billy a little bit more complicated. Why was that? Correct, because it has to come from the male line. And since my sister only has the one daughter and I don't have any children, it had to come from my grandpa had many siblings and through the male line that away and and that's that is, and that's where the the forensic genealogist came in handy to try and identify those other lines did they tell you at all about the process that they went to to get in contact with those relatives no i really don't know those details at all what is planning this funeral been like? Um, obviously, you said you had family members coming in and to do this, but how, how has it been to, to plan a funeral for this man that you never really got a chance to know and meet? <laughs> Difficult. I mean, we have no idea how many are coming of, like, veterans and just friends and whatever, and had it not been for the funeral director, it has been a lot on his shoulders to, to help us plan this. Um because we know the veterans are ex- probably as excited as we are, because it means a lot to them. Um, veterans, it seems like they really stick together, and it's so great to see. And with the Patriot Guard wanting to participate in in bringing him home and paying him honor, it's going to be a great thing. I know you never met your uncle. You didn't know a whole lot about him. How do you think this still brings closure to this family, both your immediate and the extended that you found through this process? 
Well, like I said, we didn't know much about him because my dad didn't speak of him much. I think it was painful. My dad lost his mother when he was six and his brother then when he was 11. So in that respect, you know, it's just we didn't know much about him, but it is bringing closure. And like I said, to having place next to my dad, they had offered to... Um, we could have buried him in Jefferson Barracks or reburied him in the Punch Bowl in Hawaii. But it means a great deal to have him laid to rest next to my dad. Have you read any of the letters at all that they used to extract some of the DNA samples? No, I very few. And it was uh, the few that I had read. Um, it was just day to day what was going on. Um, the one that I read in particular was about buying Christmas gifts and sending things back home and um, what he was being paid, which wasn't much, and um, just normal day-to-day life stuff. Did you trust the process that the military was undertaking to identify your uncle? Oh, yeah. The extensive research, when you look through the paperwork that they had done, you know, each individual piece going through DNA testing the hours that they must have spent in, in doing this process is, it's no wonder that it took them a long time. And with the number of casualties and they, how they were buried in mass graves, you can imagine the, the devastation back then and when they couldn't identify them, burying them in the mass graves and then, bear, you know, bringing them back up and trying again. But it's only, you know, within the last, years that with the DNA testing that they can get the positive identification. It's just amazing. What was your reaction to the lengths that the government will go for identifying uh, unidentified soldiers and helping the families bury them? Well, I think it's wonderful. And for the families that have the close relationship, like losing a son or daughter, you know, like we didn't know my uncle, but you know, knowing the individual and not having them brought home. Um, I just think it's it's wonderful that they're doing this so that the families can have closure and bring them to home and put them, bring them home and put them to rest. It's just wonderful. Do you have words for family members who may be in a similar situation? They know a loved one has died, but their body hasn't been able to be brought home yet because they haven't identified the remains. Since we never thought it would come to pass, don't give up hope. I mean, it takes a while, (laughs) and sometimes years and years, and so just don't give up hope. That was Diane Hand, a niece of the late Billy Classing, who was killed at Pearl Harbor. The sailor's remains were just officially identified this past February, nearly 78 years after his death. He's being remembered by his family this weekend in his hometown of Trenton, Illinois. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.